Tune in to the Bridging the Gap radio show, hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Be a part of this challenging but life-changing show discussing men versus males, educational issues, parenting tips, and learning how to be faithful in trying times. That's the Bridging the Gap radio show, hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Call in and be a part of the show at 347-855-8867 on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Remember, positive communication is the key to success. Powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. This is the 15-minute lunch break with Pastor Hugh J. Harmon here on Never Had It So Good, Gospel 107. I want to talk today about life choices. According to Tully C. Knowles, there's something great about the human mind because it has the ability to cause us to transcend ourselves, our ancestry, and our environment to become what we dream of being. We can think ourselves better than what we are and even make it feel real. But how many of you can grasp the idea that God's dreams for us are better than the loftiest dreams we have for ourselves? The Bible tells us that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways far exceed our ways. That means that I could sit in a prison cell hearing the sobs and screams of tormented men, even in the place where I've long chosen to sit in silence and wonder how I got there. Or I could believe that God is working it out for my good, that in the end, the freedom that I feel on the inside will be manifested in fallen chains and open doors on the outside. I could scream or I could choose to believe that the shackles on my mind are being broken into pieces. I could scream or I could use that same energy and exuberance and praise God anyway. I've got a choice of how I estimate my value and self-worth and a choice of how I look at my future. It's all about the resolution that you choose to make concerning who you are, whose you are, and what you are and aren't capable of doing in your own strength. This is why saints of God, believers, can lay languishing in pain in a hospital bed, but daily cry out with a difficult smile and know that I know that my Redeemer lives. This is why a drug addict, after being dependent on a thing to keep them alert, alive, and active for so many years, could come to a revelation in their recovery that they need Jesus. It's not because they chose him, but it's because Jesus has chosen them. He chose us in our mess while we were yet indulged in, comfortable in, and actively perpetrating sin. When he chose us, it was because he saw that we had gotten to the end of ourselves. For some of us, if not all of us, sin was like a rope that ran out. When it ran out, it wasn't then that we miraculously decided to do the right thing. However, the real reason was that we encountered judgment. Judgment whipped us into shape. It forced us to face who we really were, caused the conviction in our hearts. Any real change must begin with us having a true disgust for our present condition and our past. If for any reason we feel we could deal with it or endure it at any length, change will never happen. This judgment that whips us into shape and causes us to look in the mirror at who we've become can come in the form of rebuke, disease, embarrassment, rejection, and even desertion. We must also understand that judgment does not automatically end in death. 
but rather brings us to a place where we must choose life or death. Judgment brings us to a place where we have to choose light or darkness, good or evil, peace or chaos, and the way of victory or the way of defeat. The conclusion of judgment in my life is that as a consequence, my heart is broken or my heart is hardened. Many of us miss the blessing in judgment because we resent the idea of the inevitability of heartbreak. Heartache is uncomfortable. It's tragic. It's confusing and disconcerting, but it brings you into his presence. And unfortunately, many of us choose hardening rather than brokenness. The Lord said, harden not your hearts. In other words, don't harden your heart like you did in the day of rebellion. All of us have sinned, experienced a day of rebellion and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us at some time or the other before we came into the knowledge of God, lived our lives as slaves to sin. Maybe you that are listening to this broadcast today right now feel like that today, as if you can't control yourself in certain situations. Paul says, for the good that I would do, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is ever present with me. That's in Romans 7, 19 and 21. We've got to understand that the Bible says in this flesh dwells no good thing. And the prophet Jeremiah made a rather condemning statement about the condition of the human heart when he said that it was deceitful above all things. As we read those lines, we could get discouraged. We could get doubtful. We could lose faith and say there's no hope. However, I've read a little further in the same book, and it says, according to the prophet Ezekiel, that God says, I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. Why did God say this? And what was his intent? That we might walk in his statutes and keep his ordinances and do them. That's Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, the 19th verse. As I read these two contrasting set of texts, I come to the realization that although our condition may appear to be profoundly difficult one to manage, we've got to believe that God is a man of his word. The power of us apprehending the change that God offers is in us believing he is able to supernaturally alter our propensities and actions. One reading of the text leaves us wondering if we can be saved because it lets us know that if it depends on us, it will never happen. However, the next set of readings show us how we can be saved and gives us a solution as being that it depends on God's power. We are not saved because we can muster the strength to do it, but because God has provided the way to do it. Without God's provision being made and the sacrifice on his part for our reconciliation, no matter how genuine and sincere our approach, without accepting God's provision, we will never be saved. The finality of that statement loses its edge if we only change our perspective. A me-centric perspective will continue to feel slighted and have little impetus to be encouraged because it is not the key variable in the salvation equation. The Apostle Paul said in his letter to the church at Ephesus, I wish that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might in his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. He was praying that God would begin to initiate the change in their hearts by the working of the Holy Spirit. He understood that a transformation had to take place and a choice to change had to be made. We worship a God of power, purpose, and provision. He's always He always operates with a decision with a decided upon aim of demonstrating his power. 
This proclivity of God to operate on purpose and by purpose means that he will make provision for us through his work. Even when we were deep in sin, he gave us provision to make it out of the miry depths. When we were so far out to sea, we couldn't any longer see the shoreline. He still gave us provision and an ability to see our insufficiency and how deplorable our condition had become. While we were yet enemies, he sent his only begotten son, the very essence of himself. He constrained him to the womb of a woman so that he might be born of the flesh and feel the pain that we deal with in the flesh. He did all of this and yet still endured more in the form of the cross, despised the shame that was heaped upon him, took on the curse of such an experience as his word, his very word ordained, died and was buried. Why and for whom did he do all of this? He did all of this for you and for me, that we might have a choice to live. I want to leave you some practical steps and uh, life steps, questions. I want you to write these down. Maybe start a journal of sorts and think about the answers to these questions. Meditate on these questions for the rest of this week. He says, what do you feel is the most difficult thing about walking by faith? Why is walking by faith so hard? The Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. Why is walking by sight so easy for you and walking by faith so difficult? Number two, do you ever feel disillusioned by the seemingly overwhelming number of contradictions in your life to what you believe? Let me say that again. Do you ever feel disillusioned by the seemingly overwhelming number of contradictions in your life to what you believe? That's a hard life to live. The Bible talks about how he, some people interpret the Bible as saying that he'll give you more good days than bad days. I've come to a place where I realize he'll, that your good days may outweigh your bad days. It doesn't necessarily mean that they outnumber them, but the number of good days you have will be so good that they'll make those bad days seem like nothing. Final question. What are some choices that you're facing And you need God to really and truly give you some direction. List them. Pray about them. That question again. What are some choices that you're facing that you need God to really and truly give you some direction? List them and pray about them. This is 15 Minute Lunch Break with Pastor Hugh J. Harmon. And I want to encourage you. This afternoon, that life has many choices. Much of the things that you have determined have come to a conclusion are situations that you have no choice in. I'm telling you, you have a choice in it. You have a choice to be courageous. You have a choice to get your joy back. You have the choice to see that you're winning and not losing. You have a choice to be positive and not negative. You have a choice to believe God and don't believe the enemy or don't believe the weakness in your own flesh. Until next time, God bless and see you soon. Tune in to the Bridging the Gap radio show hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon live every Sunday at 5 p.m 
a Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Be a part of this challenging but life-changing show discussing men versus males, educational issues, parenting tips, and learning how to be faithful in trying times. That's the Bridging the Gap radio show, hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Call in and be a part of the show at 347-855-8867 on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Remember, positive communication is the key to success. Powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network.